Hey folks, welcome to another GD podcast. I'm your host, Guy DeMarco, like always. Wanted to give you guys a brief rundown on the South Florida regional qualifier match that was held this past weekend, 9 July 22. So Friday night or Friday morning, I ended up driving down to Venice, Florida, hanging out with Rick Scrivens of GP GCP Gulf Coast Precision Rifle Company and uh, hung out with him. He he had an extra room, so I crashed at his house, did some running around, saw GCP, um, the shop, kind of tooled around, grabbed a bite to eat, and then hit the hay, got up in the morning, and rolled out to Immokalee, Florida, where... Um, 30 competitors battled the winds and the heat to compete in the regional qualifier for the Southeast PRS series standings. Um, it was nine stages at about a minute and 45. So 105 seconds. Um, the stages were good. I really liked them. Um, different stages from what we normally shoot or what I normally see here in the Southeast. Now I haven't been to every match that's in the Southeast. Um, I haven't been to K and M for a one day. I haven't been to Alabama precision for a one day. I'm trying to fix that. I don't know if I'm going to get to it this season or not. Um, but definitely look forward to, uh, shooting some different matches, but this match in particular, um, it wasn't overly difficult, but the environmentals it is what really tested your skills. Um, that and gear selection. So there was the score, the, the stage stages were intentionally designed to where you wouldn't be using a bipod for pretty much anything. I ended up using a bipod on um, one of the stages. Uh, the Donkey Kong stage, I ended up using a bipod because I did bipod with rear support on a 55-gallon drum that was facing away from you, so lengthways. <sighs> so I had to take a drink um, and was able to be pretty successful at that. Now, um, basic basic uh start off we'll start off with stage one we started on my squad started on stage two but we started on uh i'll start with start stage one it's the wall you're gonna engage ipsix with one round each from near to far from three different positions so 12 round stage five six seven and eight hundred yards um this was my last stage of the day last year when i shot this exact match i had a hard time on this stage um, but this time I did a little bit better, not by much. I got a four. Um, it wasn't for lack of getting rounds off or hits. I, I fired seven rounds, got four impacts. The wind was difficult. Um, we were getting anywhere from a three mile an hour to like, solid seven to eight sustained up to like 13 mile an hour gusts out on the range, um, throughout the day. So, um, 
I've never really shot tripod rear a whole lot until this match. And I can clearly say I need more practice with it. But this is being last stage of the day and knowing that I didn't do so well on it last year, I figured, hey, I'll shoot the this one position tripod rear and see how I do. Didn't like it. So I kind of kicked the tripod to the side. Cost me a little bit of time, but um, ended up getting a couple of hits on it. So not a bad stage. Just um, I think it would be more of a holdover stage than a dial stage. I mean, seeing how they were five, six, seven, and 800 yards, I, I probably should have tried just to hold it instead of dialing for it. And I think I would have been better off. Um, stage two, which is the stage we started on, was the steps. You're going to engage a IPSC target with one round from each step in the following order, top to bottom, bottom to top. Um, just 10 rounds, 500 yards. So five steps down and then five steps up. I screwed up. Um, Obviously, in the PRS, you're not allowed to touch the barricade or do anything else like that prior to shooting the stage. But I didn't, like, think to, like, measure how tall these um, steps were with, like, my hand or anything like that. And I went down there with a Schmedium game changer and got my whole plan wrecked. Um, had to fight with my bag on the second step. Um, ended up having to flip it upside down. So the V-notch was facing um, up and then had to like drop my rifle and like scoot it in. If I would have had a flat bag, like my beaver tail, um, I think I would have been able to, to run that a little bit better and do better than a three. Um, and then the KYL table, this was the first stage of the day that I used my tripod rear and I did really well. Um, shooter will engage KYL, tar KYL targets from large, to small must hit to move on from the top of the table and then the middle of the table, no bipods allowed. So um, you start off on the top of the table, just throw a bag on it. And then I grabbed tripod rear, um, ran through the first set and then um, broke position, moved my back. And then some reason missed the uh, large target. The first one, um, and then uh, change my win hold and then hit the rest of the targets that I was aiming at. Um, so I got a nine on that stage. It was a pretty good stage. Donkey Kong was uh, the one that I did use a bipod on. You go from the top of a four foot ladder, starting on the top position, and then you go to the barrel. The barrel was in a wooden, um, a wooden platform, so it didn't roll on you, which was nice. Um, but you're engaged the square targets left and right from five positions, um, ladder, barrel, ladder, barrel, ladder. So you're, fi you're firing off the ladder three times and the barrel twice. Um, found the wind at about a point two, um, And then just had a bad hole, hole uh, bad pull on one of those shots. And then I don't know what happened with one of the other ones. Um, Might have misga uh, misgaged the wind. Um, was seeing a decent amount of trace on some of these targets. It was 487 yards for this particular one. So um, saw my saw my miss and then corrected on, on my wind. Um, stage five was the PRS barricaded uh, barricade six in, or 10 inch circle at 400. Nothing 
too surprising there. Um, stage six was the tank traps, and I'm going to do a separate podcast on all of my screw-ups because um, I need to identify what I'm doing wrong. But I zeroed this stage. Um, tank traps, shooter will engage the rectangle target with two rounds from six, six, two rounds from six different positions on the tank traps. There was three tank traps and you had to use six specific or six different positions on these three tank traps. So you could have gone tip, 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 whatever, or the center or a knuckle or whatever. It just had to be six different positions between three tank traps. So there's a lot to pick from. Um, This was a 12 round stage at 687 yards. And I've got no clue. I ended up firing eight rounds. Um, couldn't see any trace. Couldn't see, like, I saw the rounds missing and, like, hitting the dirt. But they were obviously low because they're about 100 yards farther down range. And they were farther off to the right, which, learning my lesson from the MPA match, I wasn't holding more um to the right or anything like that because I knew they were going way past the target and it wasn't like it was a a giant target it was it was maybe eight inches tall 12 in or eight inches wide 12 inches tall at 700 yards I mean it was it was a healthy target but it wasn't like ginormous um so that was really really tough I got a zero on it I couldn't figure it out um and then the next guy went and then he ended up getting like a five or a six on it. And I asked him what his wind hold was when he got off the stage. And he says, Oh, point two. And I was holding my Kestrel was saying like half mil to seven eighths or seven, uh, half mil to seven tenths, depending on, um, wind speed one and wind speed two. So I don't know. I didn't see it die. There it was, standalone there was no burn behind it so i just wasn't able to pick up pick up my misses and and make a an intelligent correction there um we had a rooftop stage um this was a good one so shooter will engage the triangles large to small or large to small small to large large to small from the top of the roof, shooter and all equipment must be on the roof. 12 rounds, 387 yards. Um, I fired our, all 12 rounds and I got six impacts. Um, I made a mental mistake. I kind of got out of order, but I did know what my wind was. So I got a couple extra hits, but they didn't count because I was going out of order. It was large to small, small to large, large to small. Um so I messed that up and it cost me a couple extra points. But once I figured out what I was doing and remembered the course of fire, I kind of fixed myself and went from there. Um, wind was pretty steady at a point two. It kind of picked up to where I was putting that point two more or less on the left side of the target. So it ended up maybe like a point three. Um, but it was pretty good. Got a six on that one. Hay baler. Um, will engage the targets uh, near to far one round each from three positions, so 12 rounds, 556, 650, and 7. Once again, this is probably where I should have done a holdover stage where they were pretty much all 0.5, and there was enough vertical on these Ipsics to where I could have made uh, made it up. And then the last stage was a cattle gate. 
Uh, Shooter will engage the bowling pins near to far with one round each from five positions on the cattle gate. One, two, three, two, one. So you start at the top, middle, bottom, middle, top. 350 and 450, 10 rounds on these bowling pins. Um, went tripod rear on this one as well. Should have just kicked that idea to the to the curb. Um, I got a two on this one. So this is definitely not my best match ever. Um, with 30 people being there, there wasn't a whole bunch of people competing in production. Um, so yes, I walked away with top production however um if some other production shooters would have shown up i definitely would not have won top production um not my best not my best uh showing i think overall i got a 46 um out of a possible 98 96 rounds um i will say that the winner of the match only got like a 71 maybe let me look. I got it brought up on my computer just so I can, uh, 72. So, um, like it was a tough match. Like when the winner of the match only shoots a 70% of available points, like, you know, it's a, it's a tough match. Um, it wasn't necessarily the, uh, the course of fire. A lot of it was the wind. It was, it was pretty tricky all day long. Um, with not a lot of sign out in the field to, to see it or to pick up on it, especially when a lot of the targets didn't have berms behind it. But all in all, it's a, it's a tough match. Um, it's a tough match. It's a good match. Um, and it's super laid back. Um, Corey Adamski was the match director for this one. And it was, it was super laid back and super chill. Um, everything was still safe and, and by the, the rules, but everything was super laid back. My squad was three brand new shooters. So this was all their first match competing in precision rifle in general. They have shot pistols and ARs, but this was their first PRS match. And I got to be squad mom, uh, which was awesome. Uh, Luis, uh, Ernesto, and Kurt, I believe. Um, Alfonso, I'm sorry, or, or Alfonso. Um, yeah, three, three solid guys. Like they were out there, they wanted to learn. Um, I gave them some pointers and was kind of given like some impromptu scope lessons. Like, Hey, instead of trying to dial this one, you might want to hold over. Cause I ran out of time. Like, what are your dopes for these different targets? You know, um, if, you, if you see your bullet missing off left or off right, like measure it and apply that to your next wind hold. Think, you know, the basic things that we wish we knew as brand new shooters. I was helping these guys, coaching them um, in between shooters while we were, um, while we were going to it. It was a four man squad. There was six squads of, or five squads of five and one of four, like, like, wasn't anything but a thing. It was super laid back and, and it was easy. Um, I did decide to go and shoot first on every stage just so they could be, have a better game plan on how to attack the stage. Not saying that I'm the end all be all. I mean, look at my score, but um, at least it kind of took some pressure off of them to where they didn't have to go first and, and 
freak out or anything else like that. So um, all in all, we had 27 people are on practice score. Um, Corey did shoot the match just for fun, but he didn't like put his score and practice score or anything like that. He's, he wasn't competing for points. He was just out there to have a good time. So, um, it was super fun. We had a good time. Um, we were able to pick up the steel super fast right after the match and then ended up meeting the owner of the ranch, which is the name of the, the gun range at which this match was held. Got to meet him. Super cool guy. Um, and then, uh, rolled out and went to lunch. Um, there's, uh, so if you've never been down this far South in Florida, Immokalee is like a farming town. That's like probably stuck in like the late eighties, early nineties. Um, quiet, sleepy, um, but amazing Mexican food. So we stopped and uh, got some Mexican food at this place. Um, delicious tacos. They were huge. Um, and then Corey ended up going, rolling back south because he lives south of the range. And then um, myself and Rick and Jake hopped in the GCP wagon and rolled back north to Venice um, drop Jake off. And then I, uh, changed out of my, out of my pants and my hoodie and hopped and threw all my stuff back in my car, hopped in and, and rolled out for the eight ish hour drive back to my house. Um, after the match, um, I can say that was a long ass day cause we were up at five and, and rolling and then shot all day in the heat. And then I rolled back uh, all the way back to here to Navarre. Um, but good match overall. It was super cool. Um, didn't get a whole lot of pictures because I was doing my RO thing for everybody, um, which is totally fine and being squad mom and doing all that fun stuff. But if you guys are looking for a quiet, laid back match and the furthest match south that is in Florida, hit up uh, the South Florida Precision Rifle Association. I'll link the the website in the uh, the show notes here. So um, definitely a good time. Definitely had a bunch of fun with all of this. Um, it's a good match. I shot it last year and was able to do some python hunting. Um, last year with the, um, the Florida Python hunt that they do every year, but it didn't line up on the same dates this year, which is fine. But I got down there and was able to shoot with my friends, with team GCP and, uh, they wrecked house. So good job. So real quick, we'll go over top five. We've got Mark Vogel with 72 points and the, uh, first place winner for open second place. We got Rick Scrivens of GCP with a 68 Scott Parker. Um, haven't shot with Scott in a while, but he's running, he's running that Oki special with the, uh, with the foundation. So, uh, Scott Parker podium for foundation stocks with a 66. We got Zach Montgomery with a 64 and then 
uh, Eduardo Rivera with 61 in fifth place. Um, Parker Olson, um, he shoots out here at Altus a lot with us and Cool Acres, and um, he's getting better. He got a 50, so Parker beat me this uh, this go. Um, good on him. He was he's burning it down the few times that I got to see with him. He was being squad mom. He was telling everybody what was up on his squad and making sure they were shooting and moving and. We were kind of joking um, a little bit that uh, he didn't have as many newbies as I did, but there were still some new shooters on his squad. Um, uh, what I will say was there was a lot of uh, law enforcement. Whoa, what happened? Um, law enforcement shooters. Um, this go round, we had uh, we had six, which is which is kind of neat. Um, I was fortunate enough to come out on top for the military shooters. Um, so it was myself, a gentleman named Bryce, Richard, Jorge, Gustavo, and then Spencer rounding out uh, the military law enforcement. And then we had four old guns with Scott Parker, Olson, uh, Parker, David Ducker, and Richard Wiseman. Um, for seniors. So pretty awesome. We did have uh, one lady out there. So awesome to see the ladies out there shooting. Um, bring your wives, get them shooting as well. So overall, really good match. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was it was quick and easy. We were done with awards and everything and steel and packing up and everything by like one o'clock. So if, um, if you're in the South Florida area in September, that's when their next match is. If you're listening to this podcast, the GCP match that is being held in Mulberry, Florida, which is at the JTAC Ranch, is in two weeks. I believe it's on the 24th. It's on a Sunday, so it's the day after the Alabama Precision. All right, so if you're looking for a match to shoot, you can always shoot the um, the qualifier for the GCP JTAC match in two weeks. So, um, I was able to, I wasn't able to, I wasn't, wasn't, I wasn't able to get my recording equipment down to the match to record with Corey. But what I was able to do was Skype with him yesterday afternoon. So I'm going to pause this and then roll in some audio of, Corey doing his thing, a little bit of a match director review and kind of what they're doing down there at the SFPRA. So stay tuned. We're being recorded now. Hey guys, I'm here with Corey, the match director from yesterday's match. That match was the 9th of July down at the ranch which is also the home of the Southern Florida Precision Rifle Association, if I'm not mistaken. You got that right. A bunch of acronyms. So um, tell us a, one a little bit about yourself because um, you've been around a lot in the shooting world, but people of like my audience may not know who you are. Sure. So my name is Corey Adamski. I've been around shooting PRF now. I think this is technically my fifth year. Although my first year, I think I shot like 
a one day match and a two day match. I went up to actually Altus when it was still core and uh, shot a match. I was like, Hey man, I'm a pretty good shooter. I'm going to go up there. And I shot a match and I was like, Hey man, I'm not a very good shooter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Didn't finish dead last, but, uh, but it wasn't good. Um, So I was actually got into it. I was working at the Alamo gun shop here in town in Naples, Florida on my days off when I was on shift as a firefighter. And the guy who was running the shop's name was Steve Lockwood, who's been around for a while. And he started doing these shoots out at what was then Altair. I was like, yeah, man, I'll go. I can shoot long guns. I can shoot rifles. No big deal. And then we got into bolt guns and I actually picked up my first bolt gun from Buck Holly up at CNH Precision when he was down here in Florida. I started shooting that thing and I was like, yeah, man, I don't want to tag the rifle. It's going to be a 20 inch 308. And I didn't realize how much that was going to uh, abuse me when I was shooting PRS style competitions. So I shot a bunch of matches with that. And then probably my second or third year into the into shooting, still not shooting a lot of matches, mostly just down here in Florida. Um, I met Rick Scribbins at a match. We were the only two knuckleheads shooting 308. And I met him at the match and we started hanging out, getting became friends, and we've been shooting together now for since. Um, since then we've been traveling, doing a bunch of stuff, shooting a bunch of two-day competitions, and and Steve Lockwood left the Alamo, so I kind of took over. I'm helping out run the matches with Rick Friedberg down here in Immokalee. Um, and then Rick Friedberg has retired from running matches, and now I'm running this match on July 9th. Uh, was actually the first one kind of flying solo as a match director. But, of course, my boy Rick Sturbins comes down and helps me out, helps me set up the match, helps me clean up the match, and um, make sure that I'm not just a knucklehead when I, when I send him the course of fire to help me set it up. Um, other than that, man, I've been working down here in South Florida uh, as, a, as a firefighter for 15 years now. Um, I've always shot pistols, ARs, hunt, stuff like that, and um, just trying to, to stay com- or get more competitive in the PRS market, really. Um, and, you know, it's funny when you come down and you shoot matches at places, and you're like, oh, I'm doing pretty good, and you go up to a, um, a match and you get humbled pretty, pretty quickly. So uh, yep. <laughs> that's a little bit about me. Um, so what is the range that you guys are, are holding matches for the SFPRA? So that facility is like 1200 acres of former state prison. Um, so on it, there is the main facility and then there is where they used to bring people in and uh, check people in and things like that and then there's um, some pistol bays and carbine bays up in the front of the property and then there's two prison facilities where they have courses and classes and you know all of the buildings are still there um and then they have the long range facility which is where we had the match yesterday which um the long range proper goes out to 1300 yards and then if you're shooting from the elevated tower positions there is a one mile and a two mile target that you can shoot on. And when you're shooting down there on both sides of the long range are cow pastures. Yes. And there's a bunch, like, you know, you're in South Florida cause there's like canals on both sides of the road. There's like 
I mean, we had a snake crawl up and hang out with us for a little while while we were shooting yesterday. Like there was a bird out there, like eating fish in one of the, like the little jetty stream things when we were finishing up the batch. So like, you know, you're down there in South Florida, besides it just being really, really hot and humid. Um, well, that and the mosquitoes have landing lights. I mean, they do have, like, yeah, they definitely do. They're massive. Um, so what kind of, like, if you guys, your guys' next match there at that facility is in September. So what can somebody expect if they come down to a match, they register and they come down there for a match at the SFPRA? Well, you can expect to have quite a bit of fun. Um, anybody who's ever hung out with me at a match or anything, anything like that, knows that um, I'm kind of a jokester. I like to like to have a good time and, and make sure that everybody else is having a good time. Uh, but you're going to shoot with some competitive people. Uh, you're going to shoot a lot of positional stages. Um, as you saw yesterday, uh, you didn't use a bipod once. <laughs> um, um, I we, would we say had... I used the bipod and it kind of worked. But yeah, there were there were no prone stages. What did you use a bipod on? The Donkey Kong. Oh, did you really try to use a bipod on that? I didn't try. I did. I got an <laughs> 8 out of 10. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, that would probably be the only one that you probably squeaked one in on. Yeah, that like you um, could we, have maybe okay. done it on the rooftop. If you like sucked your bipod in and like extended your legs, you might have been able to go like a funky prone, but yeah, it's just front bag and rear bag was good enough. Yeah. Um, we like to, you know, we were, I really like to make sure that we're switching it up, not shooting the same stages every single match. So we have quite a bit of stages out there. Um, you know, we have not just the props that are in place. We do have a set of steps to shoot up, but we have a, we have um, a wall to shoot off of that has openings and windows in it. Um, we've got the skill stage that's made out of metal and bolted into the ground so it doesn't wiggle anymore. Um, but we've got tank traps, we've got a rooftop, we've got a hay baler, um, there's a cow gate, there's some concrete pipes you can shoot in, in and uh, off of. There's a lattice stage um, and just some funky general props out there that we've, um, built over the years i've got one that's called the mfr and it's literally uh, two runs of it's basically like a sideways ladder and every time we shoot it you have to shoot 10 positions out of it and um people are always a little grumpy about that um in the in the warmer months we like to keep the range the range a little a little close in we don't like to go past about 800 yards just because mirage gets gnarly down there yes um, yes it does you know people are People will tell you that the, that the Mirage gets white caps. So we, we try to keep it a little bit closer, uh, but still make it so that it is uh, challenging. Um, even for the competitive shooters, it's challenging. Oh, yeah. I mean, yesterday, like, it was a great course of fire. And, like, this is going to be put in at the end of the podcast, but, like, I'll do the stage recap. And, like, nothing was unhittable i mean i zeroed a stage i don't know what was going on i just couldn't find the wind on that stage but like everything was like appropriately sized i mean the triangles were only at like 400 and some odd yards i mean off the rooftop which 
that was totally doable. I mean, you guys cleaned it. I got like a six, but like everything was doable. It was whether or not uh, like the wind cooperated with you or not. Like the wind was kind of calm in the morning. Like everybody was holding like two tents and then we heard like some four tents. And then like on some of those longer range stages, like 800, I was holding like one mil the 1.2 to hit at 800. So, I mean, there's, there's nothing to block the wind out there. I mean, you've got multiple range flags all throughout the range. You've got one at about a hundred yards. Um, there's one on the 500 yard berm and like the 800 and the thousand yard berm. And they're all pretty much standing straight up sideways. So it's like, there's not a whole lot of wind at the shooter, but there's definitely some stuff going on down range. Yeah, and that's one of those things that, you know, in the summer months, it's really weird because usually in the summer months, we have just a standard consistent wind of like three to five miles an hour from from the left to the right. And usually that's pretty standard out there no matter what. And yesterday we were getting upwards of 11 sustained to like 13 and 14 gusts. And uh, there was some stages where guys are telling me they're holding a mill at 500 yards shooting a six five creed more um you know that that wind definitely handed to you and a lot of our stages don't have berms behind it it's mostly a field match so yeah. you know they're spotting your misses is is hopefully you pick up trace um and to catch your misses but other than that you're pretty much just Find your, hopefully you find your win. And once you find your win, you better get done with that stage quick. It's going to change again. Like that's what I was trying to do on that, that tank trap stage. Cause there's one target, 12 rounds, six unique positions on the three tank traps. And I just couldn't find the wind like at all, like just couldn't find it. And then we went over on stage nine, the bowling pin stage at 350 and 450. Um, I knew what my holdovers were and I was doing that, but like, I talked to Parker Olson who just went and he's like, I was favoring left edge. I'm using a six Creedmoor. And I was like, I'm okay. I'll start at two tenths and then like sent my rounds and like, couldn't find it. Finally found it at like 0.5. And I was like, wow, 0.5 at 350 is, is a decent amount of wind with a six BR. So like, I just put her in there and tried to get as done, done with the stage as fast as I could. And then sure enough, I ended the stage. <laughs> Yeah, we like to make sure that you have to think about uh, the stages while you're shooting. Um, you know, like you said, they're not they're not overly difficult target sizes, but if you make a mental error, man, you're you're toast. And in a sport where, like we're at now, the the, the people who are winning are making the smallest amount of mental errors. You know, because everybody's got rifles that are super accurate. They've got scopes that are tracking correctly. They've got um you know the the best the most stable bag they can get they're they're building stable platforms but it's the the people that are making the least amount of mental errors that are uh that are that are winning top spots and i can tell you yesterday you know i shot i shot the match for fun because you know i looked i like to shoot and i was there so why not oh my god shoot um on the one stage there was four targets from three positions at like was it 550 600 650 and 700 and the first string i got all four perfect second string i didn't hold elevation on anything i was like what and i'm just i'm just centered up i'm 
holding wind on each one. I'm like, man, I don't know where the fuck the wind's at. I don't know what's going on. So I got on stage and I looked at my, I looked at, I turned around, looked at the, the, the guy in my glasses, like, hey, I know I wasn't hitting. Like, why? I was like, I didn't hold any elevation. Yeah, exactly. Like, That'll do it. <laughs> you had, you had about three stages that like, you had to pick whether you wanted to dial or hold it. And like me, like I tried to dial on that hay baler stage and like, no, not, not going to happen. 12 rounds dialing each one, like not going to happen. I was like, and then I looked at it and I was like, it's about a 0.5 hold for each one of these. I should have just held 0.5 and just ran it because my wind calls were good. So I hit the targets that I was, that I got my shots off at. It was just, spinning them dials and then trying to run it back and then spin them back it just ran out of time yeah and you know what's funny is, is i even uh i tell everybody in the morning like hey we, we bump it up from 90 seconds we usually run 90 seconds because we try to get out of there as, as early as possible because it's that heat out there just gets brutal after lunchtime um you know i went to 145 and i was like looking at some of those targets i'm like man these are going to be tough just because of the amount of movement that we had um you know and that's where figuring out you know if you're you're either really fast at dialing or you're not so you yep. definitely got to hold it i'm one of those you know uh rick always gives me grief he's like are you holding or are you dialing as a comment i'm just going to dial I'm, I'm pretty quick with it no big deal um but and there are stages where i got you know one of the stages i dialed yesterday and i timed out on too i was like oh man a bummer um but that's where, like, you know, a, a good reticle with a with your holdover subtensions in it is is, is money, is yeah. absolutely clutch for for stages like that. And like, it was a qualifier match, so like a lot of the people were taking it pretty serious. It was kind of a smaller match because it is so far down south in Florida. I mean, it's what's the name of the town? Uh, the town is Amokley, Florida. Amokley. I always and... say. Emil Milwaukee for some odd reason because you know I'm super white and can't have no no pronunciation skills but I mean it's way down there like in south south Florida I mean it's right next to the Everglades so like that's kind of a hard match for a lot of people to go to it's you know most of the southeast shooters are you know Georgia Alabama like that's a haul for some for some people to make it down to um I make the drive because uh, I want to support you and your match, but also it's, a, it was another qualifier and my last two qualifiers sucked. So I figured I'd go down there and, and try my luck. Um, but we also had some, like some brand new shooters show up. Like, so I kind of signed up late, got in with a squad and they were all brand new shooters, which was cool. I totally, totally liked helping them out. And like, um, we knew that they weren't going to win or anything like that. Um, but like I was worried, more worried about them getting hits and enjoying what they were doing and making sure that they could like figure out like if this is something that they want to stick with. And like when they all walked off for the end of the day, I think that they all enjoyed it. Like we were getting them hits on the KYL. We were getting them hits on the, the 800 yard targets. Like um, it's just one of those things that like practice and repetition is going to get those guys faster with placing the bag, getting on the gun, like acquiring the target, zooming in, zooming out, like some of those things on some of those targets were in a field and didn't have a back berm or anything else like that. So um, I think those guys had had a super, super good time and definitely learned something. And then 
you know, whether they pick up a training class there or somewhere else, I think that it'll, it'll do them some good and they can, uh, they can figure out what they're doing. Two of them had, one of them had an MPA, one of them had an MDT and the other one had like a Ruger precision and they were all still hitting targets. Like two of them were six, five and one was a six creed and they were, they were hanging in. I will say that I kind of sucked it up and I was the wind pig for everybody. And I went first on every single stage. So I was like, like, Oh, this one's going to be rough. I'm like, Hey, do you guys want me to go first? They're like, Oh yeah, we want to see, see what you do. And I was like, okay. They're like, can you go first every stage? And I was like, like, okay, I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's rough. Um, The single day matches are typically about getting the newer shooters into the sport and really figuring out if they like the sport. Because let's face it, it doesn't matter if you're buying a production rifle or a production optic, or you're going full bore right out of the gate and getting a custom rifle built with a with a smoke show of, a, of an optic. It's an investment, and mm-hmm. it's a big investment for anybody. I don't care, you know, I don't care who you are. I don't care how much money you make. That's it's, 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 it's a lot of money so yeah we like to make sure that the the, the new guys coming out new girls coming out uh, have fun and enjoy themselves you know and that's the only way that we grow that sport could we build matches and now yesterday's a bad representation of that because it was a tough match and the wind was a little was, was a bit tricky um but we could absolutely build just skull dragging matches that that kick everybody into the dirt and be like oh well it is what it is um but we don't and we 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 really like having newer shooters and a lot of times what i'll end up doing down there is i'll jump into a squad with a guy who's like hey um it's my first match what do, i don't know what to do you know can you help me out I'm like yeah cool man let's do this and a lot of times they end up borrowing bags borrowing equipment doing whatever yep. it is and then you know hey i guess i don't need this or hey i really need to buy one of these so that's that's really what those one day matches are about, and I, I can guarantee you, I know I just spoke to two of the guys that were in your squad yesterday, and they really appreciated what you did yesterday, and just as helpful as it was, and as laid back as it was, you know, nobody did anything unsafe, nobody did anything that was silly or stupid, but you know, they're learning, and I know that they they flat out told me that they appreciated uh, shooting with you yesterday. Oh, cool, man. Yeah, like like. I was like, what's your guys' shooting experience? They're like, oh, we've shot before. I was like, is this like, I was like, because they had fancy rifles. I mean, one was an MPA, one was an MDT. And then one of the gentlemen had a Ruger Precision. Nothing wrong with that rifle. It's a great rifle. And they were like, no, this is like our first match ever. And I was like, oh, okay. So like went over all the basic safety stuff of like, hey, keep your chamber flag in, like load when the, the RO says load and make ready. Like, do you understand the course of fire? We'll hit the button. Like somebody needs to be on glass the whole time. Like if I'm shooting somebody, please be on glass, like call impacts, like, um, just call your own impacts. Yeah, exactly. It'd be great. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, I think, I think they walked away, like definitely enjoying it. And I think, um, they definitely like the major thing that they walked away with yesterday is like, I need to like true out my rifle because they were just kind of like, putting in the velocity off of the box or they were putting in you know oh it's good at uh it's good at 100 yards so no matter what i dial it's going to be good and i'm like that's not 
necessarily how ballistics work. So like we were trying to trying to get them to to come down. Like on our first stage, um, one of the guys like shot and he was like two foot over the target, like hitting the top of the berm. And I was like, might want to uh, come down a little bit. So he like did two clicks and it dropped it a little bit. I was like, come down three more, come down three more tents. And he did. And then like, he was off the right. And I was like, hold a little left. And then finally he like smacked the target and he's like, Oh, okay. He's like, what's wrong with my gun? I was like, nothing's wrong with the gun. It's the, it's the data that you're putting into the system. That's probably a little bit off. And he was using his phone or stray lock or something, something that he had. And we kind of like, we checked some stuff and made sure it was good. And I was like, okay, this will get you a little bit closer. And then the next stage, he, he got like a four or a five on it. So just a little bit of tweaking mm -hmm. and adjusting some things. And he was hitting more targets and then he was, you know, had a big old smile on his face and, you know, definitely kind of let him, let him see some of the different gear too. Like he walked up to that staircase with a, an OG canvas game changer. And I was like, that is not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> that bag is way too big right and that's i mean let's face it that's how we all got into this and got any bit better yep. um you know one of the one of the biggest guys that was that was helping people out when i started shooting down here was jorge bonilla um you know and he was really like hey man have you ever treated your data one day we're sitting at the range uh, shooting and he's like hey i'm like man this doesn't make any sense he's like, have you treated your data yet i was like what? What's that mean? <laughs> yep. I was like, I was like, I was like, ah, I just uh, I put in the data that I got off the chronograph that I borrowed, and uh, that should, should work now. From what it says online, yeah, it should be golden. I'm like, oh god, why am I missing? Um, <laughs> yep. You know, and it was, you know, it was him, and it was, and it was Q, and it was like, hey, you guys think you, they were like, hey, you need to slow down. Like, I'm like fucking shooting pistols and ARs, man, you know, just running it like a rape tape. And then I wanted to run a bolt gun the same way. And I was like, oh, this shit's not working. And they're like, hey, dude, you need to slow down. Yep. That doesn't make any sense. I'm like, this is a competition. There's time involved. Like, this, that I gotta go fast. That doesn't... Ricky Bobby over here. Right, that doesn't... Yeah, going slow does not mass in my Neanderthal brain. Um... You know, and there's still times that I, I 100% get in, get in my own head. And I'm like, oh, I gotta go fast, gotta go fast. And uh, I totally blow the stage and it happened. And, um, you know, well, that's one of those things, like I said earlier, it's uh, who makes the least amount of mental mistakes is going to win. And yep. damn, I get excited. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what, so you guys have one more match left this season? Yeah, so there's a match in September, which counts for this season as far as the regional series goes, because I believe uh, the, the the regional finale is in October, early October. Um, and then we have the match in November, the first weekend in November, which is which actually counts for next year's points race. Um, and it's a little bit cooler, so it's not as ball busting hot, and you're not getting swamped right. by like 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, everybody so got... wants to know, everybody wants to know where I get the idea for wearing them shorts comes from, and it's from shooting in South Florida. You, you, you're not wrong. 
I wear I wore pants yesterday and a long a long hoodie sun hoodie and I was I was pretty warm I was pretty warm but I didn't get skin cancer um so you got one more match in September that counts for this year's points and then one in November that counts for next year's points race and then um where can people like find where the match information is actually at? Cause that's kind of why I got signed up late is I was like, wait a minute, what do you mean? There's a, there's a match in, in July down at SFPRA. Like it's not, I can't find it on the, the PRS website. So where can people find the information for your guys's uh, match info? Yeah, so there was a little bit of a snafu. Somehow the date didn't end up on the PRS website. Um, got a hold of, I believe Christy hooked it up and made sure that it was on there and the next two match dates should be on there now. So they're on the PRS website. Um, you can find the matches on practice score. Okay. Uh, they are on there as well because we do squat, squatting through practice score as well. Um, and then you can find info on the South Florida Precision Rifle Association Facebook group. Um, you can find us on a website for the company that I have is bpotactical.com, or you can always hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, or just text message or email and Grindr, yep. info, whatever you need to do. Don't judge. Um, so, so the two matches should be on, uh, the PRS website, but what do you guys, what are you guys called on? the practice score so if they go to practice score and then they go to matches what are you guys's matches called so you can find them under sfpra okay um, or you can search or you can search the location amokley i-m-m-o-k-l-e-e amokley um and it'll pull it right up okay um sweet pretty simple sweet anything else you yeah want? but you know Anything else you want to throw out there as far as the matches that you put on there or other matches that are there in the Southern Florida? Is yours the farthest Southern match in Florida? Is there anything further South than you? No, if you're uh, any farther South than we are, you are pretty much in the 10,000 Island. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're the farthest South. There is... Uh, there are matches held at JTAC Ranch in Mulberry, Florida. Um, Rick Scrivens of GCP hosts um, not only a 22 match there, but a center fire match there. Um, it's like the third or fourth weekend of the odd months for the center fire matches. Um, and then there are matches in on the other side of the state um, near in Volusia County, which is okay. just north of Cape Canaveral, about an hour north of Cape Canaveral at uh, Belushi County Gun and Hunt Club. Okay. And then, of course, there's there's you guys up at Altus, but, you know, Altus is like a nine-hour drive for me. I mean, that is also true. Yeah. Um, they do hold <laughs> precision rifle matches, but they are no longer affiliated with the PRS. So if you're looking for points, don't come to Altus for points because you're not going to get them. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but it's still a great facility. Oh, great facility, great match. Um, doing things a little bit different this year, which is just interesting and, uh, and fun. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to want to throw out there? Any, um, any, any gauntlets you want to throw down on anybody that probably won't listen to this podcast? <laughs> no, no gauntlets to throw down. I don't have anything to prove with anybody. Um, I, I, I really 
getting tired of getting uh, getting slapped around like a child every time I shoot against Matt Steiner, but you know, that's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> uh, no, man, I just, you know, I'm really appreciative of the, the people that we get to shoot with. Um, the, the, the sport as a whole is awesome. It's like a, it's like a therapy for me. And I'm very fortunate enough to actually uh, get a little help from, from some companies, you know, uh, Vision and Design Chassis uh, supports myself and Rick at GCP and GCP sponsors me because, well, he's like my best friend and, you know, we're like knuckleheads together. Uh, Timmy Trigger hooks us up and uh, Jill, Jill always loves making fun of us whenever we're hanging out together and calls us giant children. Um, and then uh, Loophole started taking care of. I mean, yeah, we like to have fun. Um, Loophold, uh, Loophold Optics actually uh, started taking care of uh, the team GCP guys uh, and girl. Uh, this year so those guys are awesome you know every time we run into to, to nick or um uh, you know we talk to brenton on the phone or whatever it is they're just super cool people um and they have super awesome dudes that are and ladies that are shooting for them all over the sport so you know they're they're pretty cool and i can't say enough of nice stuff about all, all of those companies so just appreciate what they do for us and for the sport as a whole awesome well we'll go ahead and uh stop this and then uh we'll sign off so stay right there all right guys thanks for listening all right thanks guys for joining me i really appreciate it once again please follow us on all uh the social medias and all that fun jazz uh the instagram for another gd podcast is at another GD podcast, no spaces on Instagram. My personal Instagram is hot GD rod. Um, you can find my match stuff there. I post a lot. I repost from the podcast page to my personal page. A lot of the times you can find me there. You can find me on Facebook, a bunch of different forms, X, Y, Z. You can generally find me at a match in the Southeast, um, if you want to link up and shoot, hit me, hit me up and let me know. Um, I'm, I got a bunch of matches left on my schedule this year that I'm trying to get to currently sitting in fifth, trying to get, uh, trying to get a little bit higher on that, on that scoreboard for production this year. Um, go ahead and leave us a review as well for the podcast, wherever you're listening. If you're listening on Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Apple, whatever it may be, give us a rating. You know, we appreciate five stars, but, uh, we'll take what you got. So hit us up there and leave a review. It helps grow the podcast and share it with your friends. When I'm posting it out different places, you know, copy it or share podcast with your friends, somebody that wants to learn about, you know, matches in the area, hit them up, let them know. Also pay attention to the giveaways. Uh, we just gave away a, a trap bag from Coltac. Europe, and I'm trying to find the person that we gave it to right now. Uh, Helen Grace uh, Frutal, if I'm saying that properly. Uh, Futral. Um, we gave it away to her. Um, she was the random, the random winner for the random draw that we did. We put in a, a hidden message. You were supposed to listen to the last podcast, uh, get the get the keyword, and then DM me. We only had ten people do it, so her, you know, you had a one in ten chance of winning. So it was pretty awesome. Did a random number select, she won, and it's getting mailed out to her right now. So 
I want to do some more giveaways like that. So stay tuned and pay attention and listen for keywords and follow the Instagram so you can find out more about it. Well, until next time, guys, I do appreciate you guys listening. I do appreciate the comments and people reaching out. It's been really nice to know that people are enjoying these podcasts. So keep listening and I'll keep putting them out. Thanks, guys. Later.